0: Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And Of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning, worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. I, I asked a question on social media the other day, which was, um, and I got some fascinating replies. The, the question was simply, uh, what matters more to you now than it did a month or so ago? Uh, and uh, I was quite amazed. I got, I got a lot of people responding to that. And, and you know, if you came down to sort of say, well, here's, here was some of the main themes, really came down to things like, I miss companionship, I miss people, I miss gatherings, I miss hugs. It all came down to like people and personal contact. And, and then, of course, there were folks who said what matters most or, or more now than it did a month ago is the health of sick or aging loved ones, far more aware of now and, and then there were those who said, I miss the hugs of my grandchildren because us old people, nobody's meant to get close to. So there are a lot of things. And, and, and then, of course, you had the pure, basic, you know, Lord help them people who said, what I miss is my hair getting cut. Now, you know and I know they didn't mean getting cut. They meant getting it colored. That's what they're really missing. And and some of us are scared because all of our roots are now growing out. Yes, they are. And we're wondering. I heard that within the next four weeks, 80% of blondes in New York would disappear. So, uh, yeah. And, and then there were those who said, I miss the nail salon. <laughs> Uh, And it's quite amazing, so many things that change and so many things that are different. And some of us are coming to realize there are precious things happening, like family eating dinner together and actually doing activities together instead of running around all over the place to this program, that program, uh, and, and really being scattered all across the area. So life has changed in so many ways. And one of the great things that is happening too is that a lot of people are coming to realize they need a grounding, a better grounding, and a better connection with what is eternal, what is lasting, and with what matters most. And I want to look at that over the next few Sunday mornings. And what I want to talk about today is this. What matters most, number one, is this. What matters most is I need to be believing, I believe what God says. I need to know what God's saying. I need to hear what God's saying and I need to be standing on what God's saying. So there's a story in the New Testament that I wanna talk to you about this morning. Uh, The background is this. The Apostle Paul was a church planter, um, incredible preacher, missionary, traveled all over establishing Christian churches. Um, a lot of people, the particularly established religion, didn't like him, and uh, eventually he was arrested. He went through a couple of different trials, and then he said, well, I'm a Roman citizen, so I want to exercise my right as a citizen for a trial before Caesar. And so he was taken um, on, on a ship and started the journey across the Mediterranean to go to Italy. Italy. And uh, that's where we take up the story in Acts chapter 27 and verse 14. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Nor'easter swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Kodah, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure, so the men hoisted it on board. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day... They threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they'd gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, man, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep your courage, men. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So here's the Apostle Paul and they are on this uh, ship and they're on their way towards Italy, when this unbelievable storm arises and uh, goes on for day after day after day, and the crew take all kinds of actions to try to save them from shipwreck, and, and they are totally terrified, and there comes a point where they gave up hope, and then suddenly this guy who, think of this from the sailor's perspective, was just a prisoner being transported, said, hey, everybody needs to hold on for a minute because I've got a message from you. And here's what he wanted to say. I want to to just read that part from a different translation right now. He says, there stood by me this night an angel of God. Sorry, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Paul says, Listen, here's the deal. The angel told me, I'm going to Caesar. If I'm going to Caesar, you're going to be safe too. If I'm not going to drown, you're not going to drown either. And he said, I've got this message from God, and I want you to take heart because I believe God. In the middle of the crisis, the one thing that mattered most to him at that point in time was what God had said to him and the one thing that could bring encouragement to those around him was not the weather forecast it was what God had said through the apostle Paul I believe God and you know one of the most important things for us in life at any time but right now particularly is this is being in a place where we can say I know what God says And I believe God. In a world where opinions are a dime a dozen and shift by the hour, we need something solid to stand on. And I want to tell you this Sunday morning, you can stand absolutely solidly on this book, which is what God has said and is saying. I believe God. You see, hearing God stirs hope in our hearts. It's a positive thing. It says here in verse 20 that neither sun nor stars had appeared for many days. The storm continued raging and we finally gave up all hope of being saved. So not only was it kind of dark and dismal, there was no sun or stars for many days, but you've got to realize that they navigated ships back in those days, remember, by following the stars. They used the stars for navigation. They knew the stars like the back of their hand. I couldn't tell the great this from the big that. I've got no idea what's up there in the sky. I just know when it's a clear night, it looks pretty. But they knew Because that was how they tracked their course. So actually, it isn't just the fact that for days it was really dark and dismal. Here they were in a position they did not even know where they were at. And they were terrified. I've had a few interesting experiences when I've been flying. Thankfully, not too many. But I, I think one of the flights that I really dreaded and disliked the most was years ago when I was pastoring in the northeast of Scotland. And about once a year, I would fly from Aberdeen further northeast to the Shetland Islands. And I would fly up there to the remote, barren Shetlands uh, because in, in, in the, uh, the town of Lurwick in the Shetlands, there was a great pastor and his wife who did a good job of developing church and building church. And they were so isolated. So once a year, we would actually buy them a ticket to come down and be with us and visit our church. And once a year, I would go up there, spend a few days with them, do some teaching with their people. But the flight was horrific. It was a tiny plane. I hate tiny planes, right? They're scary. It was a tiny plane. And as you came into Sumbra to the airport there, the winds that were going a, kind of across there in the North Sea, there were always horrific winds, always, not exaggerating. And as you came into land, you could guarantee the plane would be going from side to side, it would be dropping, it would be, and, and you would feel, and like, you're flying good, the plane goes down, your breakfast is up there, it's not good. The first thing I did when I got on those planes was check the seat pocket in front of me for, 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 for a bag. For you know what, uh, it's Sunday, I'm preaching, I don't know how to put it, to throw up in. And I used it more often than not. It was horrific. But when the plane was being thrown all over the place, you know what I used to do? I used to watch the flight attendant. There was only one, it was a small plane. And I used to stare at the flight attendant. And I thought, I know they're trained, but if I see the slightest fear... In that flight attendant's eyes, then I should be terrified. But while the flight attendant was cool, I might be feeling nauseous, but I didn't think we were going to crash. I watched him. Here's Paul on this ship. Thrown all over the place in this storm that went on for days. Nobody knew where they were. So Paul looks at the crew and guess what? The crew are terrified. In fact, the Bible says they had given up all hope. They'd given up all hope. So it's like the you know these are seasoned seamen and and, and they're scared for their lives. And it's like, oh my lord, it's all over. It was insane. Hearing God stirs hope in our hearts. An angel appeared to Paul and spoke some things to him. And Paul was able to say to these sailors, he said, listen, last night an angel from the God I belong to and the God I serve stood right beside me. In the middle of the storm, he was reminded of the God he belonged to and the God he served. Now, I know that when Jesus was asked by his disciples, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus said this. He said said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. And you know, because most people are really nice and and caring and lovely people, you know, people say, yeah, that's right, we're all the children of God, our Father in heaven, we're all God's children, and we're not, we're not, the Bible doesn't say that, we're all God's creation, we're all made by God, God's the one who gave us all life. But here's another all that the Bible says. It says, but we all like sheep. We've, we've gone astray like sheep, just wandered off from God. And we've all gone our own ways, away from Father God. And then here's another inclusive statement, though, in John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 12, where it says this, But to all who believed him, that is Jesus, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. We're all God's creation, but we become God's children by what the Bible talks about as like a rebirth, a second birth, a birth that comes from God. And that happens when we put our trust in Jesus Christ and we acknowledge and receive Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. Now, I'm not going to dwell on that this morning because next Sunday morning when I'm talking about what matters most, I'm going to talk about what matters most is a personal relationship with Jesus. So he's not just somebody we know about, but he's somebody we know. But when Paul said, I belong to God, I want to make this clear. There's just one way you come to become a child of God, and that is through receiving Christ as your Savior. And if you've never done that, this Sunday morning would be a wonderful time for that new beginning. A great time to say, Lord Jesus Christ, I give my life to you. I recognize you as the one who died to pay the price for my sin, and I ask you to come into my life. Make me your child. Give me the gift of eternal life. If that's where you're at today and you're watching us on the Facebook live stream, I'd like you to just type in right now, I want to know Jesus, and we're going to help you with that going forward. He said, last night, the angel of the God I belong to and the God I serve stood by me. You know, one of the wonderful things that's happening during this whole pandemic that's affecting us all? One of the wonderful things that is happening is this. Church buildings across our country are closed, but millions more people are actually participating in a church service this morning than have done for years and years and years and years. I mean, e- even, even on our, our, our Facebook live stream, we use a Christian things a christian streaming service who actually do that they make it happen for us we provide it i don't know how this stuff works it goes from our camera to a computer Round in cyberspace over to them. They put it on the internet, and it takes one millionth of a second. Okay, I've got no idea how that happens, but we use a streaming service, and there are a bunch of them. One of the streaming services is operated and offered by uh, a, a church in Oklahoma, Life Church, wonderful church. Craig Rochelle is the lead pastor there, and, and they have thousands of churches that use their <laughs> streaming service. And you know their statistics from last week, Easter Sunday was using their streaming service, the churches that were using it had a total attendance of 9,735,518 people. And that's only one streaming service in this country, and there are loads of them. And on their streaming service... 69,427 people last Sunday, Easter Sunday, committed their lives to Jesus Christ. There's stuff going on right now that we don't really just get a handle on. People are coming into a relationship with Jesus to the place where they can talk about the God to whom I belong. I got an email this week. I have no idea who this person is. But I got this email. She says, as a teenager, I spent a few years going to Youth for Christ. I made many friends and formed a relationship with Jesus. As I got older, I drifted, got pulled away, endured many challenges, and lost my faith. A few years ago, I reconnected with one of my close friends from YFC. Who happens to be a member of your church. When COVID-19 became a harsh reality and social distancing became a new normal, she and I decided to take a lunch walk when I got my break from work. See, I work on Industrial Boulevard, about four buildings from where you are. As we walked, she pointed out that this is where she goes to church, and that since The state was put on pause. Services were online. I told her I would watch, and I did. I feel like a void has been filled. I've been watching every service, every evening prayer, Tuesday talks, and I've ordered myself a beautiful Bible, and I've been reading and highlighting Scripture. Although these days are unprecedented, they've been a lesson to me. They have opened my mind, my eyes, and my heart, not only to God, but to all the things I've taken for granted. So she says, I know this is long-winded, no, keep going, but I needed to say thank you. She says, the delivery of your sermons is like listening to a friend. That's how Jesus preached, folks. I feel truly blessed. Stay well, stay safe, and continue the amazing work of being such a blessing to others. God is doing some absolutely fantastic stuff. And you know what God's goal is? It's to get people into the position where they can say, I belong to God and I serve God. Hearing hearing God stirs hope in our hearts. So, Paul received this visit from an angel, okay? Now, I've never had a visit from an angel. I married one, but I've never had a visit from an angel, okay? So, um, I think that scored me brownie points, right? Um, but I never had a visit from an angel. I, I've talked to people, good people, who said they did, and I've got no reason not to believe them. The Bible talks about angels quite uh, extensively, and it actually says sometimes we, you know, you know, we, we, we entertain angels, we have angels around us, and we're not aware of it. And so, hey, whatever goes. But I'm not aware of actually having had an angel talk to me. And, and you may say, well, I haven't either, and maybe it's because, you know, you didn't need one. Uh, Paul needed one. The people with him needed to hear from God. In in fact, here's what it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. It says this, going through a long line of prophets, God has been addressing our ancestors in different ways for centuries. Recently, he spoke to us directly through his son. So when I say maybe you don't need one, the fact is the Bible tells us, you know, God came to speak to us directly through His Son. Okay, so you say, so Jesus appears to you and talks to you. No, Jesus doesn't appear to me, but He does talk to me. How how does God speak to me? If God speaks to us through His Son, how does that happen? Hey, the story about the life and the teaching of God's Son is right here in this book. And God speaks to me through its pages. Romans 4, 15, verse 4 says this, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So everything that's written in here is to give us hope. God speaks to us through his word. And when we hear what God says through his word, we have hope. But you know what? You can't believe, Paul said, I believe God. He'd heard a message from God. You can't believe what God says if you don't know what God says. Is that okay? That's kind of logical. So it's important for us to be hearing regularly what God is saying. And there are some fantastic ways to be able to do that in the 21st century. I can actually read the Bible for myself. Now, Some of you may be from traditions and backgrounds where the Bible wasn't really a part of everyday life. You may have been in a church setting where maybe a deacon read a couple of passages from the Bible on a Sunday and that was all there was to it. Or maybe your grandmother's got some big old family Bible she keeps telling you you can have when she dies and it's like the last thing you want. Uh, it's a huge black thing, and it's got the whole history of the family with weddings and births and everything else that ever went on, and it's like, oh, that's wonderful, Grandma. Thank you very much. I'll treasure it all my days. I wonder how much it will fetch on eBay. Um, <laughs> but it's so much more than that. Hey, there's so many of us, and I, I do this. I, I just use the the, the U version app, and if you don't have that, I just want to just... Take a minute here. Go to the App Store and just write in U version. It'll bring up U version Bible app. It's free. There are literally millions, multiple millions of people around the world now who use this because it is in so many languages, it's unbelievable. So the Bible the Bible app is there. Once you download the app, when you look at the home page of the app, at the bottom of the home page, there are some options. One of them is read, if you just wanted to read a, find a passage from the Bible to read. And and then another thing that's at the bottom of the home page is it calls it plans. And if you say, well, where would I start to read the Bible? Well, where do you need God to help you right now? And if you hit plans, it gives you loads of different things. So, there's one there up on the screen just now, which is is Putting, putting an X through anxiety. And there are loads of different ones that are there. And you can find a seven-day plan. They'll give you a little reading and some comment on it. We need to hear what God says. Because then we can stand on what God says. I got this note from one of our ladies the other day. She said this. She said, this virus thought it had the best of me. She had the coronavirus. i was a sick but my Bible app and my worship music and singing in the dead of night got me through it when it was just me and Jesus. Isn't that fantastic? We need to hear from God for ourselves. And God talks to us through His Word. God speaks to us as we hear the Word preached, and I guess that's part of why you're here this Sunday morning. Tuesday nights, I do the teaching on the Jesus I know. It's not to impart knowledge, folks. It's to help us remember what God says and how God is. And then what I've been doing for the last week and a half, I think, now is uh, towards the end of the day, at 9 o'clock at night. uh, That's the end of my day, anyway. 9 o'clock at night, when I usually read my Bible myself, I've just been reading it online. And a lot of people are joining me there. It's on the Genesis Church Facebook page. Nine o'clock at night. It's nothing more than that. I read the Bible. Then I say good night. That's it. At 9.05 I do the same thing on my own Facebook page. Why? Because we need to hear what God's saying. Because then we can stand on what God says. What matters most? I believe what God says. Believing stirs hope in our hearts. Then let me tell you this. Believing God stills the storm within. It's not like Paul said, hey, we're all going to be okay. The angel said, you know, the boat's going to get destroyed, but all of our lives are going to be spared. So, I want, so there we go. So I want you to cheer up. And, and as soon as he said that, the sea became calm and the sun came out and everything began to dry up and they saw land. That didn't happen actually the storm continued for another 11 days. You see, believing God doesn't necessarily mean that the storm gets stilled. Believing God means that the storm within gets stilled. And when we can believe God, we are in a far better place ourselves. God doesn't always still the storm, but he calms us. It's not the water around the ship that sinks it, it's the water that comes in. And it's what's happening within us that really matters, so I'm not telling you that God's got a Bible promise for you that means every single thing is going to be all right right now, right here. We're going to pray this prayer this Sunday morning, and all of your woes will miraculously and, and, and incredibly they will disappear. Are you ready? No. But I will tell you this if you will hold on to God's promises for you this Sunday morning, some of the storm that's within you can be stilled and you can find a peace within through the storm. And everything might still be battering you from outside, but inside there is this assurance it's good. It's good. I'm good. There's a phrase my family get fed up with hearing me saying. I say everything's good except for what's not good. And even that will be good in the end. It's a great place to be in the middle of the storm and to have peace in your heart. And that's what God wants for us. Psalm 91 verse 15 says, He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him. You know what comes first is I'll be with him in the trouble. The trouble will end, and I will deliver him from the trouble. But God says, I'll be with them in the trouble. God doesn't make everything all right automatically and immediately. But what God does do is he promises to be with us through the storm. There's a great Old Testament story about three young men who were prisoners of war in, in, uh, in Babylon, And the rule went out that at any given time when there was a a, a trumpet blast that could be heard around the city, that they were all to bow down and they were all to um, worship and give allegiance to an idol. And these three people who were God-worshippers said, sorry, we can't do that. And so on a given day when this happened and everybody was bowing down and, and they're like, no, can't do that, King was furious. And so he ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be killed. And so they heated up a great uh, a furnace, the Bible calls it. So they heated this up, and they, they heated it seven times hotter than they would normally. I don't know how you do that, but that's what it says. So seven times hotter than usual. And then they throw these three young men who are tied with ropes, and they throw them into the fiery furnace. And as they are there, here's what it says in Daniel three twenty four. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Yes, he was. He was the son of God. It was an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. Jesus was with them in the fiery furnace. They weren't getting burned. Their ropes were freed. They were walking around in this fiery furnace, but Jesus was with them in it. I want to remind you today, Jesus is with you in it. However long the storm lasts, He'll be with you every step of the way. I, I love the, the words of a Matt Redman song that many of you will be familiar with. And it, these words go like this. It says, standing on this mountaintop, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory was your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes, our hearts can say, never once. I I just love this bit. It's my story. I believe it's your story too today. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful, God. You are faithful. Believing God stills the storm within. God is faithful. God always will be faithful. Believing God. I want to encourage you, make sure you listen to God. Take time to hear from God, whether it's in a church service, whether it's in Bible reading for yourself, because when you hear from God and believe God, it stills the storm within. And then let me just say this quickly as I close. When we believe God, sharing God strengthens others. So, dear friends, says Paul, take heart. I believe God will do exactly what he told me. You know what? We all need people who will speak positive things right now at this point in all of our lives. There are so many crazy things going on that freak people out. There was a rumor the other day that quarantine will last till 2022. There really was, but there were people that that was really you know there 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 are folks who, who who listen to everything and receive everything, and they're in a delicate state to start with and and you know what that's that's i don't know how much we really need to hear the death toll is absolutely tragic, but i don't know if I need to hear every heart tugging story on the evening news of what went on i don't know that I really need that. I don't need the political blame game. That's not something what I, that I need. It reminds me in the Old Testament when Job was going through a really tough time. Some people come along who are ironically called Job's comforters, and they didn't comfort him at all. And eventually Job says to them, how long will you torment me and crush me with your words? Shut up. Like, leave me alone. If that's the best you've got, Please, go somewhere else with it. And you know what? Because we're in control of our lives and our radios and our TVs and who we listen to, sometimes we need to be ready to say, you know, how long are you going to torment me and crush me with your words? No longer. Goodbye. Really? Really? But what we do need to do is we need to hear from people who've got something positive to say with reason. And we need to be people who share it. When we share God, we strengthen others. And I don't mean being ridiculous. We all know ridiculous Christians. They're embarrassing. No, we do. We know. them. It's like, yeah, I've got this this guy at my work, and he's always quoting the Bible right at me, and he's showing me this, and he's telling me I shouldn't be doing that, and he's warning me this. And I'm not saying becoming like a total Jesus freak, you know, like nut job. What I am saying, though, isn't it a great thing to be able to say to people, Folks, somebody said to me, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing good. They said, are you really? Yes. Sorry, is that wrong? What answer did you want? No, I'm freaking out, and I'm falling apart. No, I'm doing good. You know why I'm doing good? I believe God. I believe God. I belong to God. I serve God. I believe God. And you know what? That is what matters most right now. And I want to encourage you who belong to God, who serve God. Believe what God is saying. Listen to what God is saying. Shut out. Turn off. Turn away from the negative nonsense and feed your faith and not your fears. Let's pray.